morning, what I, what I felt to do is um, just to press pause on our Corinthian study. Um, we'll pick it up again in September. I'm aware that the subjects we've been dealing with are quite intense and quite challenging. And so what I thought to, to do this morning is just to reflect a little bit as we, before we go on holiday, just in terms of some of the prophetic words that God has been speaking over the church, just to encourage you. And also to help us bring focus to the new year and what we're going to be focusing on going forward. Um, so I just want to begin by saying this before we, I've got two words we're going to look at, which are on video. And we're going to reflect a little bit on those as we go forward. But just to, as an introduction, in the last three years since the end of lockdown, as a church, as a leadership team, we've been trying to focus on three things that need to work simultaneously for the church to grow. And these are in no particular order, but here are the three things we've been trying to address. First of all, our facility. Uh, for the church to continue to grow, we need a facility that is going to um, facilitate that. That's why it's called a facility, I guess. And uh, as you know, we've spent uh, £250,000 upstairs over the last uh, two years to renovate the children's rooms, to reflect, uh, to fix the roof and to make that a space that we really can um, use in a wonderful way for kids' ministry. So thank you for that. That's been part of our uh, rejigging of the, the, the facility that we have. Um, and we are, we've still got a couple of other things that we'd like to finish. My, my hope is that by our 25th birthday, which will be in two years' time, that we will have been able to finish uh, the other renovations we want to do. Um, I'm also praying that we'll be able to pay off our small loan that we have, um, which is part of our mortgage, so that we've only got the building to worry about, and that we, we are going to be debt-free in four and a half years. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So if we carry on at this rate, in four and a half years, we will have paid off this building, we'll be debt-free. What an amazing thing. And that's only possible because of your generosity. So I want to say thank you. That really, really does make things amazing. So uh, why, why, why would I start with that? Well, simply because you can't do ministry unless you, you know, one of the reasons we could carry on and just do what we did during lockdown was because we had a building. And so there's always this tension. What do you put money into? Do you put it into people? Do you put it into finances? You, into facilities? You put it into both for the long term. You can't, you can't it's, it's foolish to think you can do it without a, a, a property. And so, that's been our long-term goal, one of our long-term goals. The second goal that we've been working on is to put the right people in the right place in our leadership team. And so we've been progressively working towards that. And so we've employed um, this young man here and his beautiful wife, Johnny and Alex, as part of our longer-term strategy to put the right people in the right place on our leadership team so we can expand and grow and God can continue to bless the church. And we still need to release more people, um, which we are, going, are, are looking at. So facility, um, finances are part of th that as well. And thirdly, leadership is the third aspect of what we've been trying to address simultaneously. So going forward, we, we, uh, as I present some things um, to you this morning, just in terms of some of the prophetic words, obviously this includes uh, faith steps for all of us in terms of these areas uh, around our facility, our finances, and the people we would like to release to see God continue to help the church to prosper. All right. 
So we are going to look at two prophetic words, just as you, uh, um, uh, Ashley was with us a couple of weeks ago and had a wonderful prophetic uh, input into the church. We have uploaded onto YouTube his Saturday morning session where he um, talked about a, a number of things, how to prepare for the harvest, how to prepare for growth. And if you weren't able to make the Saturday, please have a look at that. It's a really powerful um, moment for us as a church in terms of what God has for us. And I'm going to take two things uh, this morning that were included in some of the prophetic words that uh, were brought over the last couple of uh, weeks just to chat with you. All right. And the first is um, one of the Sunday evening meetings we, um, we recorded and Helen brought a prophetic word, which um, we're going to show you now. Um, and we did try and um, put this on Instagram. And for some reason, they thought that um, we had use the music illegally, and the music is simply Johnny playing keyboard. And so, well done, Johnny. <laughs> so um, th this is not illegal anyway. This, uh, so we can't, we, f we can't get it up on Instagram because they keep blocking us, which I've written a letter and said, please don't do it, but they don't seem to care. But anyway, so we, we'll get it up on YouTube, and hopefully you'll be able to reference it again. But here's the first, the first prophetic word just that Helen brought a couple of Sundays ago. Amazing promise, huh? So I just want to pick up on two things. Uh, I don't know. I've certainly felt in terms of our times of worship, our times of intimacy with God over the last while, that there is this rise of the Holy Spirit in our, in our meetings. And we've had such amazing times of worship and that God is speaking to us and encouraging us to draw close to Him. I don't know if you would agree, but I certainly f sense that myself. And that's the first thing I wanted to pick up on that word is the, the sense of just in our times of worship, drawing close to the Lord so He can speak to us. Amen. The second thing I want to pick up on, on, the, on that word is just the sense of um, those that are prodigals coming home. Yeah? Those that are prodigals coming home. And perhaps you have people in your family, your friends that you've been praying for for years. And let's just trust that we would see this evidenced as we go forward this year, that the prodigals would become, um, would start to come home. Those that you've been praying for, friends and family, that come back to the king. Amen. 
And they would see many people have testimonies over this year of God doing that in their lives. So that's one thing I'm trusting for uh, out of that word, uh, the growing sense of intimacy and secondly, this sense of God bringing the prodigals home. All right, and then the second word I just want to reflect on, we're going to take a little bit more time with this one, is um, the word that Ashley brought to us uh, in the evening meeting a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you can, we'll just play it now. And uh, I'm going to pick up on some things that he, he brought to us. A seed is falling to the ground very silently. And one, um, there's just a delight in our response to the person of the Holy Spirit and how he just begins to, you know, often in the evening, especially in the early morning, when the dew begins to fall, it's the atmosphere becomes so laden with moisture that there's a break in the atmosphere. The dew begins to water the the surface of the earth. I feel that we're in one of those moments right now where you might not necessarily feel the dew if you're outside. You don't feel it falling, but as you go in, you'll notice that what it is that you've got on is slightly damp. And you have these moments. I feel God's given me a word for this church. It's interesting how God finds David. David clearly is a man who has experienced God in the intimate place. You have the moment in Israel's history where they have an enemy which they face, which is clearly intimidating. His name was Goliath. And every day he would come out, every day, every day he would sustain his intimidation of the people of God and he would disdain their God. He would curse their God. And eventually, as you know, David arrives, heaven's representative in the moment. But as a man who had spent hours worshiping, this is a church that is going to enjoy hours of what it is that we're experiencing now where it's just easy. Suddenly we're not looking at our clocks, we're just enjoying a refreshing. David arrives and he he's there when the Philistine comes out and shouts his arrogance. He was so in love with himself, totally drunk on his own bloodlust and his own ability, and he just spewed forth venom. But what does David do? He reaches into his heart and he says, who is this man that defies, defies the armies of God? He goes to Saul, or he's brought to Saul, this young teenager. I'm amazed that Saul believed him, believed that he could do it, believed that he was the man to represent Israel's army. And he says, well, you can't go and fight like that. And he puts his armor on, on David. And it says, David moved about and <clears throat> he says, I can't move in this. I feel God saying to this church, don't do what others are doing. Don't wear the garments and the clothes that others are wearing. Because I have something unique for you to adorn yourself with 
that is very specific to you, this church. I've made an entrustment. I've given you this gift and various other giftings. Don't change. Don't put on someone else's armor. And the merits of that is that here you have someone who doesn't at all look like a warrior. He's going down, finds pebbles. And you think to yourself, well, what could a little pebble do? However, if you look at how, ever seen a Palestinian sling? As they wheel that thing over the head, there's not a pebble in that little pocket, there's a rock. When you look at the size of that rock and the release of the speed at which that rock leaves that sling, you better believe it, it's, it's a weapon of mass destruction. And he goes down and there's that moment where the Goliath just curses him. He says, am I a dog? Actually, yeah, you are. But what does David do? There's, there's this courage, there's this courage. Where does the courage come from? The courage comes from knowing God. The courage comes from years and years of just being in the wilderness and worshiping. When the lion came, he was up for it. When the bear came, he was up for it. And that was his credentials when he went to Saul and said, Hey, Saul, listen, I was looking after my father's sheep. And then he describes what it was that he got the victory over. And here he stands before Goliath, just with five stones. He had backup. But what does he do? He says, I come in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Jehovah, the self-existent one. He says, and today, I'm going to chop your head off. And you know what? You army that you're representing, their carcasses are going to be fed to the vultures. You see, devil, the devil will always try and spoil what God's doing. But God is raising up this church with the heart of David. He's going to give you a strategy that's different. Five smooth stones during that prophetic moments or tongues and interpretation, I heard it's time to lay down your swords. Time to lay down your swords. David never went into battle with a sword. David went in with something that was totally different. You see, to defeat the giant, this church needs something different. That's how you destroy giants. Element of surprise. He wasn't expecting that. Coming in with sticks and stones. God says, yeah. <laughs> God says, yeah. For this church, God is for you. Who could be against you? There are many battles that, yes, indeed, will be out into the future. But you're not to wear Saul's armor. You're to go to the brook and to say, fine, what is it that we need to be doing? Here's a strategy. Could be a five-point plan, whatever it is. I'm not sure. But I do know this, that you will stand with every Goliath's head in your hands. And you will take Goliath's armor into your tents and you'll have his sword one day. God speaks of victory, but it comes only in the empowering that we're experiencing now. God bless you. This is amazing, eh? So there, in the history of our church, there have been a number of key, key words that um, God has brought to us prophetically, uh, speaking about the future that he has for the church, and we've always tried to respond 
to those key words. And I feel like this is a key moment again for us as a church. It's a very simple picture of not trying to be someone else. Isn't that, that's always the temptation in church life is, you know, if only we be like those people in that church over there, God is going to do something wonderful with us. And so we can become people that try and copy ministry and copy style and want to be like everyone else because we see God's hand on particular things. And Ash's encouragement just to draw aside, to be worshipers like David, where no one sees in the quiet place, in the wilderness place, where there's no fanfare, there's no one. I always am very interested uh, when I, I've been doing ministry for 30 years now, to see, to see, you know, you see all sorts of people over the years in terms of ministry. And, and sometimes people want the upfront stuff. They want to be seen. They want their thing to work. And I've seen over the years, the ones that are most powerful are in the quiet place where no one knows, where no one sees. They're praying. They're seeking God. They're preparing. They're reading. They're doing their thing when no one sees and then, then at the right time, God releases and everyone says, oh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Let's be like those Davids. And that beautiful word to this church, that out of worship, he's going to do an amazing thing. We don't have to try and be like someone else. We don't have to put on anyone else's armor. Just be ourselves, and God is going to use us in an amazing way. And so we have, as a leadership team, as a staff team, we've been thinking over the last couple of weeks, what, are, what could be some of those strategic things, uh, those five stones? And I'm not sure that we, we I, I don't think we have the complete picture of what those five stones are going to be for us, but we're getting a sense of what we feel like we should be focusing on. And so I want to suggest some things to you this morning. The first is that we continue to press in in our times of worship, that we continue to enjoy God's presence um, so that we can receive His grace and His enabling for our lives. And every time we gather, that we have this expectation of, God, we're going to meet with you. You're going to speak to us, and out of that place, we're going to find the way forward. All right? That's the first thing. So just to continue to do the thing that we, we're already doing. So every time in the morning, Sunday nights, every time we gather, that we have this ex expectation that God's presence is going to meet with us. That's the first thing. All right? Amen? Secondly, I mentioned it already, but we are really trusting God to re release some more key ministry leaders. And this demands faith. This demands finances to do this. And we really want to re release source resources and people to help mentoring and pastoring in different areas in the life of the church. In particular, a youth worker for our young people. And we are planning to do that shortly. We trust in God for that. A second group that we really feel like we need to focus on is um, the elderly in our community. Uh, so much help is needed there um, with older people, especially in terms of, of loneliness and mental health, etc. Et and for us, particularly in terms of our church, uh, we have a big group of younger people in our church, which is a wonderful thing. People in their 20s and 30s, and uh, Helen and I are wanting to um, invest into that group this next year in terms of marriages and parenting and just helping as much as we can uh, with looking back on our lives and what God has helped us with. So the 20s and 30s, we want to spend real time uh, with, with that group over this year. But in particular, we would also, if I could have unlimited money, I would employ a family pastor right now. Someone to take care of the families in this church. Someone who loves people, who wants to see families thrive. 
And so make that a, a prayer point for us, please. We would love to release another person into the future, in particular to look after, help us look after the families. All right? So that possibly is another stone. So worship and then ministry people. The second stone. The third stone is this, I feel. Um, I've been really encouraged uh, the, how God has brought so many business people to this church. And I really felt God speak to me recently about um, helping to facilitate the business people in this church in a practical way. And uh, we're going to launch a business forum in October. And what that is, is a good friend of mine, um, he, he has put a course together of coaching. He's a business coach. He's coached in, in America. He's coached here in the UK and also in South Africa. And the idea would be to gather business people much like in an alpha f forum where we have dinner together. Uh, in groups of around 8 to 10 people at the table. I'm approaching a, a couple of key people to help facilitate that, who are involved in business, uh, to help us facilitate discussion. And then there is each, it will ha happen eight, eight sessions during the year. And each session will involve some coaching, uh, either in person or on, online, uh, where we can look at the various issues that you're facing in either as an entrepreneur or someone in the boardroom, uh, in a management position in your company, uh, and in a practical way to help each other process those things so we can be better at business and we can take care of each other as business people. All right? And then lastly, the third thing is there's also a... There's um, a council that uh, is part of this process where there are a number of people that will then be available each month to take one problem that you might have in terms of your business. Say you want to, I don't know, transition to some people to have shares in your business and you don't quite know how to do it. Uh, that there will be people available to actually practically coach from their own experience how they did it and what worked for them and how it might help you. And so this is very practical. Um, uh, this course is available in the States, and uh, people pay tens of thousands of dollars to ha uh, have this course as, as coaches. And so part of the idea of the business forum is to be generous to each other and that the church can model generosity on many levels. And one of the ways we can model generosity is that the intellectual capital that we have in our communities, we can share it for free without asking people to pay 20,000 pounds for a year's course. We can do it. And I want to say to you, and I'm not picking it up, I'm saying to you, the course is worth that. And I would encourage you, if you are running a business and you want to develop your staff, you can easily bring them to this course and get some stuff for free that you would pay thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds for. Yeah? And so I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to have a good response in, in the second half of the year. I'm going to get the guys across to come and do a two-day intensive where they will introduce the course to us and we need to probably eight or ten guys and girls to facilitate with us over the next course of the year. I, tr I trust that, that, that encourages you, all right? Uh, we can do much. We can do much in terms of this community, and, and our, 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 the gospel needs to impact all of our lives, and part of our lives is what we do and how we earn a living and how can we encourage each, each other in that and how can we make it part of the testimony of our lives of what God has done. All right, so if you are approached in the next couple of months to be part of that, I trust that you would take, take hold of the opportunity with both hands and come and be part of it and help to bless the other business people in this church community over the next year. All right?
So that's possibly another stone for us, a strategy for us going forward this year. And then lastly, we do feel to start the new year uh, in September, October with a week of prayer and fasting. We, we do feel like God, God is really, really um, wanting to speak to us and take us forward for the next um, 25 years. Uh, as we celebrate coming to the end of our first 25 years, all right? In the next two years, we'll be going 25 years. And uh, I do believe God wants to prepare us for the next, the next 25 years. He wants to prepare the people that are going to lead this church in the next 25 years. And part of that is birthed out of prayer. Now, it's always, it's always difficult when you want to motivate prayer and fasting because um, fasting requires sacrifice. It requires discipline. And often it's like, well, yeah, it's cool that God has told you to fast, but why should we fast? And uh, yeah, I get that. I do get that. But I do feel like there's a sense of God calling us together as a community to seek Him. and seek Him. And one of the ways we can so do that is by stilling our hearts, uh, stilling our lives, uh, not worrying about preparing food for two or three days. And in the moments that we would be preparing food, actually just say, Jesus, we're going to pray and we're going to seek you. And that's what, what fasting really is about. It's kind of it's, uh, simplifying your life for a period where you can hear God and he can speak to you. And the hunger that you feel physically is a practical way of saying, God, I hunger for your word right now to help me, take me forward for my future. And so we want to do that. We want to start with, with a, maybe three, four days of fasting in September, October. So prepare yourselves. Enjoy yourself over your holiday. <laughs> Eat, drink, and be merry for in a month or two time we fast, all right? And we're just going to fast for two or three days. We're going to seek God together. We're going to have times of prayer, times of worship. And we, we are expecting him to uh, speak to us about the next period, the next 20 years. He's faithful. He always speaks to us. Amen. And lastly, I want to pick up on what Ash said, uh, that phrase, lay down your sword and plant. And uh, as I've been preaching through, um, we've been preaching through Corinthians, I, I'm so aware that some of the issues that Corinthians raises can become fights for people. We've got to fight for these things. And I really felt out of that, God has challenged me in terms of my own life and, what I, and, uh, and how we actually continue our series. It's not to fight with people, but to simply say this is what the Word says and to lay down our swords. There's an enemy that we do need to fight, but we fight by faith and we fight by the Word and we fight by the Spirit. That's how we fight. We don't fight people. We don't fight causes. We fight with the Word. We fight with what God has put in our hands. And we want to continue to make this a season of planting seeds of the word into our hearts watered by the Holy Spirit that will bear fruit that will enable us to stand uh, in our own lives as salt and light to the world amen and so that's what I wanted to just land on um, there is a battle that God is calling us to fight but we are we are called to fight faithfully as we sow his word into our, everyone's hearts through preaching, through our conversations, that many will hear this message of hope and grace that we have, and many prodigals will come home. Amen. And we have to trust for that, to see many, many people saved and baptized. It's such a wonderful uh, celebration every year when we do baptize people. And let's trust uh, when we baptize at Easter next year that we will have, I don't know, 20, 30 people that have come to faith. Whatever your number is in your heart, trust for that. 
and we'll see God do amazing things. Amen. So there are possibly some stones. I don't know the fullness of that, but those are some of the things we feel. Continue to enjoy the worship, um, the presence of God as a means to hear Him and enjoy intimacy with Him. Release the right people into the right places so the church can prosper. The business forum to equip business people in this church in a practical way that they can begin to live for the kingdom. And I really trust that it will come from outside of the church. Um, When I was speaking about this with my friends, um, one of the guys said to me um, that um, they had... It started as an in-house thing for their church, and um, over a period of time, because the people were benefiting so much for it, they, they, they got their friends just to come and be part of it over the course of the year, and uh, local businesses were, businesses were changed because of simply this simple thing of Christians getting together to encourage each other and coach each other in their businesses, Yeah. And it became an outreach. And my friend also said to me that uh, they saw some young people, young men and women, they were running, uh, working for companies, resign and start their own businesses because they saw there was a possible way of doing business differently. Isn't that encouraging? Man, I think that's so amazing. Suddenly, I know, I can see how my business can work for the kingdom and I want to do things differently. And to do that, I need to start something myself. I'm trusting we're going to see people also start new initiatives, new businesses themselves, so they can be a blessing to God's kingdom and bring the kingdom in the workplace. Amen. And then lastly, the time of prayer and fasting, and then we continue to sow the seed of the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't fight causes, don't fight people. We simply let the word of God loose and transform people's hearts by the power of the Spirit. Amen.